I said, well, hell, I got it going on then. All right, everyone, welcome back to the Reload Podcast. My name is Kyle Boone, and with me, as always, Dustin Ragusa from his plush apartment slash home uh, in Oklahoma City. How's it going? Doing good, man. How are you? Yeah, I'm doing well. Um, Glad we finally got to see each other for the first time in like five months. Uh, (laughs) This past week, it was fun. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. That, uh dinner getting all the pistol firing guys together yeah i hadn't i hadn't met a couple of guys in person so that was cool you know putting a name to a slack chat user handle right but yeah i think the biggest surprise is uh is uh i think it's marshall's taller than than i expect (laughs) i think that surprises me every time i I swear it's probably just why he likes jordan's (laughs) <laughs> he like gets some extra padding in his Jordan 11s or whatever. That might actually be true, but the the 11s are pretty sick. I know you don't like them, but yeah, uh, yeah I I always think that whenever I meet people uh, <laughs> in person because I'm short. So <laughs> no, you're not short. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. I know. All right. Um. So we have some recruiting stuff to get to. Um. Yesterday was signing day, which feels weird because. Um, Oklahoma State signed most of its class in in December, so there wasn't much news to discuss. However, uh, four-star running back DeAndre Glass uh, finally put pen to paper and submitted his national letter of intent. He was the only signee um, on Wednesday for Oklahoma State, so that's good news. There was no drama. DeAndre Glass didn't end up going to Penn State or Texas or wherever. Um, So... We'll get to him in a little bit, but first, I, I thought the probably the most topical news is is uh, that there's eight signees who are enrolling early in this class, and I was doing some research, trying to find, you know, how many how many times they've had at least eight early enrollees. Going back uh, the past five years, that has that they've never had that many. So uh, Israel Antwine is an early enrollee, although he's kind of a he's a in his own category as a transfer. Uh, freshman Brennan Costello, junior college transfer Desmond Jackson, um, linebacker Nadrian Dizadar, uh, cornerback Thomas Harper, punter Tom Hutton, defensive tackles Sione Asai and Jaden Jernigan. So I ask you, Dustin Ragusa, looking at that list of eight players, who, in your mind, from one to three, are the most likely to play immediately? From one to three, okay. I'll go with. What What do we do about Antoine? Since we don't know if he's eligible, you want to count him as eligible yeah, for this? Yeah, we'll operate under the assumption. So Antoine's in his own category because not only is he transferring like uh, just a traditional transfer, um, he he requires like a special waiver. And we think he's going to get it, which means he'd play immediately, but uh, that hasn't been quite settled yet. So we'll just operate under the assumption that he is going to get that waiver. Okay. Well, I'm going to go. I'm going to go three. <clears throat> Antoine getting the waiver. Yep. I just think you know that 
we lost so much on the D. Our Oklahoma State just lost so much on the defensive line with Brailford, Owens, Walter Shy, Daniels, Enoch Smith. You know, the, right. there's just so many guys and just not a lot of experience at tackle or end. And I think I know Antoine played into Colorado, but in that three four scheme, it's kind of more of a hand in the ground tackle position. Yeah. So you could see him maybe playing either. He's also a bigger like a tackle. Yeah, he also like just played. Pounds. He played so much at Colorado. I think he played in every game. In the story you wrote, I remember seeing that. And then I wrote a little bit about him. The dude's good. Yeah, he's um, good. He's he's good. He was good enough to play at Colorado. He's good enough to play at Oklahoma State, especially when they're lacking depth and experience. Like I said, so I have him at three, two. I'm gonna go with um, Desmond Jackson, running back. Yeah. With Justice Hill and J.D. King both gone, even with guys like Glass coming in, L.D. Brown returning, and uh, sorry, my wife and dog just walked in, and my dog almost knocked everything off my lap. Let's go. Um, <laughs> and, but with yeah, with with L.D. Brown and then Chuba returning, I I still think there's room for Jackson to get some play in yeah. there. And then number one, I'm gonna go with Sione Asai. I think he's the best player out of this group. Um, and most ready to come in and play. I, I think him and Antoine probably neck and neck there at defensive line, but I think yeah. Asai coming in early and learning, I really liked what I saw from him on film, and I think he can get out there um, and compete and maybe end up starting for Oklahoma State moving into 2019. I like that. So uh, I would probably go in that same order. Um, I, like, I like Antoine as an early contributor. I think Des Jackson, just because – Justice and JD are gone. He's he's going to have to play. Um, but number one for me, I think is is probably Tom Hutton, the punter yeah. from from Australia. Um, Zach Steiner is gone. You know he's he's not he's not playing at Oklahoma State anymore. And I believe that's so right. is Jake he's, McClure. Yeah, he's he's graduated, right? Yeah, they're yeah. they're. Bo- I mean, not McClure. Uh, sorry, Hockett. Right. They're both. Uh, they're both gone. I yeah. think. McClure is still there, and I think he punts and kicks. Yeah, he's be- uh, he's that- better suited for like a just kickoff role, though. Right. No, um, I agree. I think I think that's perfect. Yeah, and so uh, he's coming from from down under, and I think he's going to make an immediate contribution. Um, he's twenty seven. Uh, he has a really interesting story. Like he was working in a, in a factory like twelve hour days uh, not long ago. He's married. Um, and he's, he's bringing his wife overseas with him. And, uh, so it's really interesting. You know, he went from like being a total grown up to like coming to college now and, and trying to make it big. So I feel like he has like a, a special, um, situation. Like, you know, he, he knows that if he doesn't succeed in the NCAA and make it to the NFL, then he's going to have to go back and start working 12 hour days in the paper, paper company or wherever (laughs) he's doing. Um, that's a tough ultimatum. I know, yeah. So he's got some motivation, and I, 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 I don't know. I, I think he's the most obvious candidate just because they really need someone uh, to step up and take Signer's spot, and I don't think there's anyone on the roster that is capable of doing that outside of Hutton. So he's an early yeah. enrollee. He's kind of interesting, um, interesting guy just in general. And um, I can't wait for the the Bunter report from. Mike Gundy in, in spring ball. This should be very fascinating. <laughs> and he has a he has a leg up on the preferred walk on kicker that just signed yeah. uh, Ben Freehill because he'll be enrolling early. I yeah. know Freehill also 
punts and kicks like McClure. Right. But I, I think Hutton just being a little bit older, more experienced than with that early enrollee, I think he'll have a leg up on him. Uh, no pun intended. Yes. And yeah, exactly. And and the factory experience. I think you have to to measure that as well. No doubt. <laughs> you always gotta you always have to measure the factory experience. Yeah, and he's married. True. So he'll probably yeah. spend more time in the office working on his punts than at home. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so, of those eight prospects, who's who's the most intriguing to you? You said Sione Asai is the guy that that really stood out to you. Um, I, guess... I think I know who you're gonna pick. Yeah. So I'm gonna go a little bit different. No, I pick just... who you want. Well, I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with my guy I've been talking about since he committed. I'm gonna go with Brandon Costello. Oh, of course. Um, he's. He's one of my favorite players. I know he has his flaws. I know uh, Adam Lunt and uh, Mitch Gift did a great job on their Tape Doesn't Lie podcast breaking down their recruiting class. Yeah, that was and awesome. They, they pointed out some of his flaws. You could see it in my film breakdown, uh, part one and two, where I talked about some of his flaws, some of his positives. But I just really like this kid. He seems really passionate about football, not only just the fact in rolling early, just listen to him talk talk about um, being a leader of a team. He's he's worked with some good coaches uh, that that school uh, San Clemente, it's San Clemente, right? Yep. They yeah. have a you know good quarterback pedigree from there. He knows Zach Robinson, which is cool. Oklahoma State tie there. Yes. He's he's just my favorite guy. I think he could become a really good player at Oklahoma State. Obviously not right away with Spencer Sanders and Drew Brown on the roster, but you know give him a red shirt year. Once Spencer wins the Heisman and goes pro, then you've got you've got Costello there, and I think he can I think he can take the reins of this offense. I like that, and um, that was that was actually not my pick. So, ha. no, no, I I your pick. Just say it, and I'll tell you if I was what I was going to. Nadrian Dizidor. Oh, I thought you were going to take Harper. <laughs> no, I should have. I actually should have gone with uh, Tom Hutton, but I already spilled my love for Tom Hutton. <laughs> Uh, in our previous segment, but uh, Dizadar, Dizadar is nice. I like him yeah. a lot. Um, he didn't have a bunch of offers. In fact, I'm looking at his 247 profile. He had an Oklahoma State offer. Uh, Louisiana Tech didn't bother, and he's from Shreveport, Louisiana. Mississippi State didn't offer. Southern Miss didn't offer. So uh, this is a fascinating one. But this is one of Jim Knowles's early test cases. You know, Jim Knowles um, joined the joined the staff last year. And was was one of uh, this. This was one of his first targets, and he got him. Um, he comes from a really talent rich program. Evangel Christian is a is a high school that has produced a lot of Division One talent, including OSU's very own Jarek Bernard, a safety who is going to be a starter in 2019. So the the pedigree there, uh, going back to Evangel Christian, um, you know the way that Bernard basically took over this the safety job uh, almost immediately when he got to OSU. Uh, I think Desidar has a good chance to to play early. He's an inside linebacker, six foot two, two hundred pounds. Um, they they just need they need bodies uh, in the middle of the of that defense. Um, you know Patrick uh, Macon is gone. He's transferred. Um, there there's really not uh, a guy that I would point to besides. Um, Kevin Henry, uh, some of those guys, you know, I think Dizadar has a chance to maybe be like the third or fourth guy in the rotation. I really like him. Yeah, I like him a lot too. And he's that, he's that perfect 
Big 12 type safety linebacker hybrid guy that all the defense seems to have now at one of their linebacker spots. That quicker guy, he'll obviously put some weight on that 200-pound frame, but he's got the frame to put some weight, some muscle on and bulk up. But he's got the speed and athleticism to stay with guys, to stay with slot receivers, to stay with tight ends, to stay with the running back on a wheel route. And, yeah, he he's somebody I really like. Evangel Christian, they – churn out some talented quarterbacks too that's in uh shreveport yes they uh you would Brock berlin the booty brothers john david who was at uh usc josh was at lsu you talking about they, booty uh, brothers yeah yeah this is they, a pg uh, podcast for Gusa. <laughs> talking about booty they, they used to run i i haven't watched them play in a while on offense i've watched you know sorry mom tape but um they run some wide open stuff back in the day, and yeah, they used to churn out quarterbacks there. I think they're smaller too. Yeah, they are. They are, which is which is really interesting. Um, they're not a private institution, are they? I don't. Yeah. Uh, I don't think they are. I'm not sure off the top of my head, but I don't think so. I wonder. Yeah, I wonder if it's one of those like Casha Hall, like not a totally private, like cost a million dollars a year, but I feel like they recruit some really talented kids. Like, there's a lot of. I think that probably speaks more to the fact that Louisiana is just rich with talent. Um, yeah, the Evangel is just one of the one of the many places where they come from. Uh, we need to get to our sponsor, and then we'll get back to uh, some in-state recruit talk. Cowboy fans, do you find filing your taxes to be stressful? It doesn't have to be. The team over at Angel Johnson and Blasting Game is here to help. They offer a wide range of financial services, including tax preparation payroll, bookkeeping, and LLC formation. They're accepting new clients and are ready to meet with you now. So if you need any of these services, feel free to give Cameron or Evan a call at 405-224-6363. Again, that's 405-224-6363. Uh, so, it is private, by the way. Do what? They are private. I okay, that. that's fascinating. Yeah, that makes a, maybe a little bit more sense. <laughs> of course, the Booty Brothers went there. <laughs> There's a ton of them. They had a brother that played receiver at LSU too, Abram Booty. Really? Mm-hmm. There's like ten of them. Are they all all done? Is there more? Yeah, I think so. LSU yeah, I mean, you don't remember John David at uh, USC? Uh, Pretty good. And no. then Josh played at LSU. He wasn't great but they uh yeah they, they were like i want i mean they were older they were older than me so they're all they're all out of college okay. and probably out of the pros and stuff too no more yeah <sighs> all right um in-state recruits for 2019 um obviously the class is, has been basically finalized for like a month now but um i want to run through the guys who are coming from within the state um We'll get to some of the players that are that are probably on OSU's radar at the moment, but uh, the guys that have have already put pen to paper in this class are are really good out of the state and and maybe one of the better crops, uh, led by four star tight end Grayson Boomer, um, six foot five, two hundred thirty pounds. Uh, down the line, you have another four star Trace Ford, defensive end from. Uh, Edmund Santa Fe. Uh, down the line, you also have DeMarco Jones, a cornerback from Booker T. Washington. And 
I believe that's it. Yeah, that's it. Um, I want to get your opinion on Grayson Boomer because I've had some some uh, people give me some takes that he's not that good. Some people think he should be an offensive tackle. Um, some people think he's like the next Kyle Rudolph. So where do you <laughs> where do you stand on this Grayson Boomer slander? It's it's uh, and I get why it's out there because there's not a lot of tape on him from his yeah. senior year of him really doing anything dynamic because of the style of offense they were in. I'd like to really dig in. We were talking about it off off air and see how much full game film I can find on him. It, if you don't know, you know, Huddle, they'll do the game recaps and stuff, but it's hard to find full games on YouTube and stuff for schools that aren't huge 6A Texas schools, you know. So, um, like, I, I, I still haven't to this day been able to find a full game on Spencer Sanders from uh, Denton Ryan. But um, back to the point, I just th- – there's not a lot on him uh, really just blocking. That's why people talk about him, you know, moving to offensive tackle. But, yeah. you know, the stuff that, that is out there, he looks like he can play. I think he, I think he looks really athletic. And anyone that says – he should move to offensive tackle and doesn't have any skill and shouldn't be a four star. I think they're just reaching. I think that's just hot takey. It was an OU fan who told me that by the way. Yeah. Because that's, that's just, I just think that's false. I think he's (coughs) going to be a good player. Yeah. It comes down to the fact is, you know, is Gundy going to throw him the ball? Is Gleason going to throw him the ball? Because we've seen that issue come up with cowboy backs in the past, you know, just not getting the ball enough. So, right. We'll see, but I definitely, I definitely know he can block, so he'll be on the field. Yeah, I'm fascinated. I, I feel like that's the area of his game that is probably the most polished, and that is the area that is going to get him on the field uh, the quickest. Uh, I, th- I think that that's probably where Jelani lacked, and, and he eventually just overcame it and was able to see the field. But Boomer and Jelani in two tight end sets, that, uh, that'd be fascinating. I don't yeah, know if they I'm, would ever do that or not. I'm just interested to see what Gleason does because yeah. they ran 12 personnel a lot yeah. at Princeton. I mean, there were three tight ends out there sometimes, you know, and it's and they would split them out and stuff like that. They weren't always on the line of scrimmage. They haven't lined up at H-back and stuff. But it'll, it'll be interesting to see how much he incorporates from that offensive scheme into the Oklahoma State offense next year because – that could equal seeing a lot more Boomer. I'm I'm all for that. I think he's gonna be really good. Uh, I I saw him split out wide a lot at Collinsville, which is uh, I think where he can do things like that that not a lot of other tight ends can do. Um, yeah. So that is uh, that's gonna lock unlock a lot of things in OSU's offense. Um, number two on this list, Trace Ford, defensive end, Edmund Santa Fe. Um, Gundy raved about him yesterday saying that, uh, he feels like he could potentially contribute early. I feel like that may be a reach, but he's an early enrollee, uh, defensive end is, a is a position of need. And, uh, he feels that obviously six, three, 227 pounds was a freak at Edmund Santa Fe. Uh, have you seen, you, you broke down his tape, didn't you? Yeah. I He's he's not just a freak football player. Yeah. He's basketball, <laughs> baseball. He was he was playing stuff. wide receiver at Edmond Santa Fe. Yeah, it, it was bizarre, but awesome. 
he is a stud. He's one of my favorite players in the class. And the only reason I could see him maybe not contributing right away is because he's obviously not enrolling early. And I think he needs a little bit of time in the weight room. Right. Like you said, he he's able to play wide receiver, not because he's really small, but I think he could bulk up a little bit and maybe improve his strength. But man, the dude flies off the edge and he has the speed to tackle people around the end. He can get to the quarterback. He has nice moves off the line of scrimmage to get by offensive linemen with finesse. And he, he also, at the high school level, is strong enough to just bull rush through people. Yeah. No, he's he's freaking awesome. Um, who would you compare him to to guys who have come through the OSU program in recent years? Because I'm trying to think of someone. Um, he's really like – I feel like he's kind of compact. Like you look at like elite pass rushers – I. Actually, the the person who I immediately thought of, which is not a good comparison to trace forward, is is Sean Oakman, <laughs> and he's like six foot six, like <laughs> two hundred eighty pounds. But Ford is like I feel like he's big and bulky, but he's like he looks short and stocky almost. Um, is there anyone that comes to mind that that uh, OSU fans can point to and say, all right, this this is like maybe what we can expect? I mean, if you want someone recent, recently, I, I think Brailford's a good comparison. Yeah, that is. You know, they're, wow, they're yeah. I think they're I think they're like the exact same height. Brailford's obviously got some weight on him, but that's yeah. what we were talking about. I think I think Ford's around. I want to say he's like two twenty, two thirty, and then Brailford I think was two fifty, two sixty ish. So he's got a little weight on him, but. Ford has the ability to kind of step back and be in that linebacker spot like we saw Brailford do this year in Knowles' defense, also be on the line, also go hand down, uh, beat people with speed, but also the strength to get through somebody. So I I think Brailford would be a good comp. I don't think – I'm not saying he's going to go out on the field and beat Jordan Brailford next year, but I think he's got that same kind of style. Yeah, I mean it took took Brailford um, three or four years. Yeah, it took it took him three years. And Fifty so. injuries. Yes, I know. Well, it it took him his third year to finally realize his his full potential. A lot of that, obviously, because of injuries. Um, next guy on the list, Demarco Jones. I've seen highlights of him. I've seen some of the tape. Um, I I like him as a prospect. I don't I don't know that he's gonna play immediately. Um, but he's got good size, six one, one seventy five. Um. Uh, Obviously, his teammate was pretty good. A guy named uh, Dax Hill uh, <laughs> drew some attention this, this past season. But have you seen Demarco? Your your, your favorite? Dax yeah, Hill. Dax Hill is my boy. Yeah, yeah. De- Demarco's a good player. Was he like? He's a little taller for a cornerback too. Yeah, I think he's, he's six like one. six one, six two. Yeah. yeah. I think he's good. I know he played. I know he played both ways. So he's obviously an athlete. I think he has a pretty. I remember when I wrote about him in my recruiting reset, I think he had a pretty insane vertical, like not as good as Langston Anderson's 40-incher, but yeah. something pretty high up there. Um, I know that watching Booker T and watching Dax, mainly more from watching film on Dax, but also seeing DeMarco on the field, they ran a lot of press coverage at cornerback, yeah. which will translate well because we know Knowles likes to run a lot of tight press man. Um, for his cornerback, Oklahoma State. So I think that'll translate well. Um, he's a physical player. He likes to get physical as a receiver and as a corner. I thought he moved. I thought he moved. Uh, I thought he had some good hit flexibility and could, you know could turn and run pretty well. I just I don't think 
he's going to play next year. I think he's probably a redshirt guy. Yeah, I think so too. That's not a hot take at all. Um, yeah. He's coming in pretty slim. Um, not not one of the guys that uh, is enrolling early. So uh, he'll need some time for sure. He runs a four five forty, which is which is not bad. Um, I think Dax comparatively runs like a four three nine. <laughs> Um, four flat yeah but but dax is, is truly like his own he is his own thing um and he's gonna play safety too so he'll have to cover more but uh yeah, yeah once once jones fills out um robert glass gets a hold of him i think he'll have a pretty successful career i really i really like jones he he played basketball was a multi-sport athlete um so yeah i, I like him a lot i think he's uh he's going to be a nice uh i don't want to call him a a runner-up prize for Dax, but I think he's, he's going to be pretty good. Obviously, with he, AJ Green, he got hurt, and, right? He did, yeah, yeah. His like season, he missed a bunch of his senior year. He missed like I want to say like half of it. Yeah, it wasn't an it wasn't a knee, was it? No a leg injury. No. Okay. Um, I can't remember. I I remember looking it up or talking to you about it, but I don't think it was any kind of like ACL or anything. No, no, it wasn't. It was. Yeah, I'll look. I I'll it was, look. It was like an ankle or something. That's like yeah. Um. While you're talking. So while you look that shoulder, up, shoulder, shoulder, shoulder. That's right. Shoulder. Um. Let's go through some quick hitters, and then we will we will get out of here. Um couple quick headlines from this past week josh white osu star linebacker for 2020 decommitted from oklahoma state how about that you called this like a really long time ago like (laughs) i I think what i think when he committed yeah we were talking because i did a uh i did a breakdown on him and I, i remember us talking it was either in slack or before pod and i was like man that dude is good and you were like yeah he's probably somebody that's gonna you know blow up i swear you said that probably and then he did i i think so. i had that inkling for a long time but honestly like that's not a huge surprise like when he committed oklahoma state he committed oklahoma state over like alabama um a bunch of like very high major slash bordering blue blood programs and uh osu just has a hard time keeping those guys so, but it was and it was weird how he did it too. I know you wrote about it. He didn't do it. That's what was so yeah, weird. He hasn't like officially announced yeah. it. It's so bizarre. So like he, um, he, he makes ghosted it, Oklahoma State. Yeah, basically, yeah, yeah, yeah. So he like changed his number and didn't tell anyone or anything. <laughs> um, he he like visits LSU, um, posts a picture with no caption on his Twitter of uh, him in LSU gear. And then after his visit, some like random reporter in Texas cites a source saying that uh, Josh White has decommitted from Oklahoma State. So you're like, oh, okay, whatever. Well, I'll believe it when I see it. Not only does he not say anything about it, he like very low key deletes everything related to Oklahoma State on all of his social media. All of he, he deletes his OSU commitment uh, announcement. He deletes his. OSU commitment tag on his Twitter, but doesn't confirm anything. Doesn't tweet out, thanks to the OSU staff, I'm opening up my recruitment. Doesn't do any interviews and just like randomly gets picked off of the uh, 247 commits page and the rivals commits page. So it's like, all right, well, I guess see ya, you know? It's, like, it's <laughs> no, uh, no hashtag respect my decision. Yeah. Like, 
I mean, as cliche as that is, like at least do something. But um, I guess he's just more of a private guy. I, I can only guess that he probably called the OSU staff and privately told them, hey, I'm I'm backing off my commitment and I'm going to open things up and kind of explore some options. So, I mean, if he, if he didn't do that, that is really, really bizarre. It is. I mean, he... He straight up had his read receipts on, read the text, yeah. and didn't reply. Yeah, Gundy, Gundy hit him with that late night, you up? And he's like, <laughs> I'm changing my number. <laughs> yeah, he's really like, weird yeah. deal. It's I know we're making light of it, but it does suck. But yeah. it, he, The kid's going to be a four-star. I mean, at least. Who knows? But I, I don't see that happening, but... <laughs> um, I'm trying to stay positive. If, if he does recommit, then we might not know about it. Um, yeah true true i don't know it's bizarre he looks cool in that lsu gear though um is it no no he didn't no just saying and i'd he, rather him beat oklahoma state but he looked cool he visited baylor this weekend too which is uh i saw that too so i don't know where he ends up but yeah that was a that was a kind of a big headline he wasn't the highest rated commitment in the two, uh, 2020 class but i think he is if he ends up signing with OSU, he will end up being the highest rated commitment in the 2020 class. He is a stud linebacker, um, probably yeah. a top 100 kid at some point. So, yeah, that's, uh, yeah, that's uh that's not great news. Uh, the next not great news. All these headlines are really bad, by the way. And so, speaking of LSU, I know. Yeah. So, uh, Sony Fonoyo, uh, defensive <laughs> end from Mesa community college, uh, committed to LSU, this past weekend over Oklahoma State and uh, basically Oklahoma State. He had some other offers and interests, but it was it was down to OSU and LSU. So that's not great. Yeah, I, I honestly thought – I thought throughout this whole process I thought he was a lock. I did too. Until – I think the OSU staff thought he was a lock. Yeah, I, until he switched that KU official visit to LSU – and tweeted that out. That's when I started getting a little worried. Like, you know, why did he just randomly add that on there? Because I, I know LSU had been recruiting him already. And it didn't sound like they were really in the mix. I don't know if that was because he wasn't interested. Probably more because they weren't interested at the time. But I was like, man, that's weird. Because LSU's been kind of on the radar. But not really in the mix. Like yeah. Nebraska and Oklahoma State. And then out of nowhere, he's supposed to go to Lawrence, Kansas. Tweets out that he's switching that visit for Baton Rouge. Yep. And that's when I was like, okay, that could be a problem. But up until then, I, I just kind of was assuming he was going to sign. Like I was writing in my recruiting reset, kind of talking like he was already on the team. I know. And then he and he doesn't. And it's big because he's a defensive end. They need they defensive end. I already yeah. mentioned Owens, Brailford, Walter Scheid all gone. So it sucks. Yeah, it's it's not good. I feel like Edo hit him with that. Go Tigers! Go Tigers! Hold that tiger. Yeah. That's what they that's what they say when the Is recruit really? commits. Yeah, like the uh, like the eye emojis that Lincoln does. That Coach O hits you with a hold that tiger. That's really weird. Yeah, that feels like a uh, hold that L type of thing. <laughs> uh, hey, it's Coach O. I mean, pistols firing is slightly better, but I'm also kind of biased. Um, I wonder oh, if someone wait, just wait. Co- Coach O's like last five tweets or hold that. T- I, wait, no, no, no. Like his last twelve tweets. <laughs> That's a horrible, <laughs> horrible slogan. Hold I'm that ro- tiger. I'm scrolling down, and I'm not gonna lie to you. 
80% of his tweets are hold that tiger. Uh, this is actually hilarious. You need to go look at it after. Is this, is I never this, noticed uh, it. Is this supposed to like fire LSU fans up or what? Yeah, it's like their hashtag that they do for <laughs> recruiting. But uh, Wow, that is but, such bad branding. But I never noticed because, I mean, I guess he doesn't tweet a lot. But, you oh, know, that I always tiger. See, I always – I always see him say that, but I didn't know that was like the only thing he tweeted. No, that's really funny. That's insane. Sorry to derail. I just that that was really odd. I was looking at that on my phone. I'm so fascinated by Edo. Any Edo <laughs> talk, I'm all in. He is a nut. He really is. He really is. Um, well, let's get to the next headline. There's three more left, so we can just breeze through these. Uh, Gavin Potter, Potter, excuse me, uh, committed to Kansas. This weekend, um, in a really actually it was uh, it was on signing day, so it was yesterday. In a really bizarre, um, yeah, break ceremony. it down. Go, go walk us through it. So, so Gavin Potter, uh, offensive or uh, outside linebacker from Broken Arrow, three star outside linebacker, picks up an offer from Oklahoma State last week. Has a lot of interest from Texas Tech. Texas Tech offered. Kansas offered. Kansas State offered. He's a longtime Kansas State commit. He makes a visit to Texas Tech last week. Post the day before signing day, post a picture of him in Texas Tech gear, despite him being committed to Kansas State. So you think, okay, well, that's kind of interesting. And he says, can't wait for tomorrow. All right, so he comes to his signing day on Wednesday wearing, of course, a Kansas State sweatshirt because he's committed to kansas state so you think okay well it's gonna be chalk he's gonna sign with with uh with the wildcats he takes off his kansas state sweatshirt reveals a texas tech sweatshirt takes the texas tech sweatshirt off and lo and behold he is bare chested with paint across his chest that says ku and he signs with <laughs> KU. It was the biggest spectacle I've ever seen. I mean, Baker I thought, Mayfield could not have been any more of a. Um, well, that was just. It was. It was a spectacle. I'll say that. Yeah, it, and also, oh, I don't. I don't know if you just mentioned this. Apologies if you did, but Oklahoma State offered him really late too after yeah. he committed to Kansas State. So yes. they got in the mix as well. But I, it was obviously down to those three because he kind of set that up like that. Right. And uh, so Oklahoma State wasn't really in the mix, and they offered him really late anyway. But he then went on in an interview to call out OU and Oklahoma State for not yes. being more involved in his recruiting. He didn't get an OU offer. And like I said, Oklahoma State offered him really late. So uh, called them out, said they were going to regret it. I thought it was hilarious. Um People get really, really mad on Twitter when, yeah. uh, when people and just on social media in general when people troll like that. Right. It might have been a little. It, it was a little over the top. It was. Way it was over the funny top. though. He was. I mean, he's having fun with it. He's obviously. He's obviously probably a little bit of an odd kid, but <laughs> it still was. I thought it was hilarious. I love trolls. Anyone that makes people mad, I think is hilarious. Um. So. I, I thought it was funny, probably a little uncalled for, but <laughs> it it uh it definitely made me laugh and I love I love how mad people get about yes. stuff like that, about recruits that yeah. they shouldn't really I mean, I know you and I care a lot about recruiting, but not 
in a manner to get mad at someone like that. No. So. And I even I I wrote about it for for PFP just because I thought it was interesting. And also he like kind of picked Kansas over OSU, but kind of not. Like I don't know if OSU was really involved at all. Um, but yeah, like I I was totally cool with it. I thought that was uh it was a very swaggeristic move. Um, it was it was kind of. Uh, a slap in the face to everyone that recruited him and could be seen as kind of like a jerk move, but I'm all for it. Uh, so long as you can completely destroy the morale of at least two fan bases in one commitment, uh, <laughs> I think you've done well. And if you are doing that to Texas Tech, yeah, then, Texas then I'm, so. I'm all for it. Give me all that. So that was awesome. Uh, I think we yeah. need more Gavin Potters. I mean, Oklahoma State could have used him yeah. as a player. I know. But so that kind of sucked, uh, especially the fact that he's in state, um, broken arrow kid. But, you know, it was it was definitely uh I know it ran on Barstool and all those Did it really? Big yeah, big time social media outlets. So uh he got a lot of publicity from it. So, you know, props to him for uh you know, getting getting his name out there in a very odd way. That's amazing. So you know what's so bizarre about the Gavin Potter situation is that for how long have we been talking about uh, recruiting in 2019 at linebacker? Like at least six months. And this whole time they've had Nadrian Dizadar uh, uh, and then they've had Cam Farrar. And I've always said they probably wanted to take one more. And then they get him, they push out an offer to Potter like a week before signing day. Um, I just feel like it's, I don't, I don't know how to feel about it because they had another target in sight. Um, the, the kid who ended up committing to, I think it was FIU. Do you yeah. remember who I'm talking about? Yeah. I can't think of his name right hey, I'm now. Gonna pull, I'm going to pull him up here. And and while you're pulling that up, you know, it it would have been nice to get Potter too just for that uh broken arrow connection with yeah, I, I mean Slusher I, I had well yeah, Slusher and Andrew Rahm and Yeah. You know Now Kendrick Carter is the name who uh yeah, 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 he committed yeah. to FIU. And I, I talked to Carter because he didn't sign. Um actually I think he did sign in the early period. He did. But um yeah, no, he, he was he basically told me flat out, like, I would commit to OSU, but the offer is currently not committable. <laughs> so yeah, um, so it's weird to see that they're they're making the last push, and and maybe Potter was higher on OSU's board than Carter, but um, just in term terms of body type, I mean, Potter's six one two hundred, Carter's six three two thirty. Um, so who knows? I mean. Maybe Potter is going to play some hybrid of like safety slash linebacker, and uh, he would have been slightly more mobile. I don't know, but um, anyways, that's that's a lot of uh, that's a lot of talk for a Kansas signee. <laughs> um, uh, one more defensive line signee. Do you think OSU maybe goes you know with with Sony uh, Fono Haya Haicha uh, going to LSU? Do you think they take a stab at a grad transfer or? Um, do you think they maybe go offensive line? Because uh, news came out this week that Arlington Hambright is in the transfer portal and and could uh, could leave OSU probably will. I, you know, 
it's going to kind of sound contradictory to what I've been talking about in a lot of my posts because I've been saying they need to go defensive line. But if Hambright transfers, they really only have, you know, I wrote about it, they've got Galloway and then Tevin Jenkins who actually, you know, starts on the right side of tackle that have any experience at left tackle on the yeah. team right now. So, uh, you know, a plug-and-play guy there at grad transfer at left tackle that could come in and, you know, stopgap for this year while some of these younger guys gain some experience. You know, you can still rotate them in. But, you know, if there's any injuries to Galloway, Jenkins, and you've got to go with a young guy who has no experience and maybe whose body isn't quite ready yet, it it could be a problem. And left tackle is an important position, um, you know, they had success with a grad transfer there a couple of years ago and Aaron Cochran from yeah. uh, Cal. So I could see them being comfortable with that and familiar with that <clears> to do it again. And there's a couple of guys out there. I wrote about them, uh, Justin Murphy from UCLA yep. and uh, Drew Richmond from Tennessee. Neither of them exclusively played left tackle, but they have experience there. And both were recruited by Oklahoma State in high school, which I found interesting. And they actually both received offers from Oklahoma State. That is interesting. But, uh, but yeah, I, I think I would lean more that way now, um, especially with – I'm not super impressed with a lot of the D-line grad transfer guys out there right now. Yeah. Um, I like Trayvon Hill from Virginia Tech. He had some off the field but still on the field issues with a coach during a game, staff member, yeah. um, and was kind of dismissed from the team last season at Virginia Tech. But he's good. Yeah. So. Hey, that's fine. Yeah, they could definitely use someone. Um, so they have one scholarship left, it sounds like. And at this point, uh, I, I guess it would pretty much be reserved for either a late qualifying high school senior or a late qualifying junior college transfer or a straight grad transfer. Um, so that's something to keep and an eye on. They could technically take two grad transfers if they, if they didn't enroll early and count them towards next year count one towards this year and one towards next year like drew yeah. and chemo right yes yeah, yeah so they, they could i guess that. they could take an offensive lineman and a defensive lineman but yeah we'll see which one is more likely offensive line or defensive line i feel like i it's think they go o line i think they go o line now you do go the other way from you yeah if, if hambright transfers i think they've got to try to to get somebody with experience that could help out at left tackle just in case there's an injury yeah I, I just feel like Henson has recruited really, really well. Um, yeah, nine yeah. nine offensive linemen have come in over the past two recruiting cycles. Um, at some point, one of the one of those young guys are going to click, and uh, the chances of them one of them at least being serviceable at left tackle feels kind of likely. Um, defensive line, though, it's like you are really relying on uh, your junior college guy to hit. Sioni Asai or Antoine to get eligible <laughs> or Antoine to be eligible. And that seems more risky to me. Um, yeah. but who knows? I, I will, that's something to keep an eye on and, uh, something we will definitely talk about in the, in the coming weeks. Um, I think that's all we got. Yeah. Okay. I don't, I don't have anything else. Just going to be watching the, uh, thunder beat down this Grizzlies team with no players. Thunder man. Thunder kill me. <laughs> take years off my life uh by the way it, it's kind of like oklahoma state basketball by the way um yeah we need to go on record for the kansas game on saturday because 
Is OSU going to win this game? I mean, <laughs> Bill Self Bill Self does like to let Oklahoma State win. Carson Did you see the news just came out? Legerald With, Vick. With uh, Legerald Vick, yeah. Yes, their, their second leading scorer is taking a leave of absence for personal reasons. Um, that, is, can... that is not good. He's scoring like 15 points a game. I was surprised he was on the team at the start of the season because didn't he like leave the team or self asked him to leave and then he came back. It, he left to deal. pursue professional opportunities. Was gone and for like back. two months. Apparently didn't sign with an agent and then just was back. And like for the first month of the season was Could their miss. best player. Like yeah. he was awesome. Him and Dedrick Lawson were probably the two best players in the Big Twelve. And now he's just kind of. He's he's kind of fallen off a little bit, but uh, yeah, that's interesting though, because Kansas has lost three of their last four. Um, they ha- they haven't lost at home this season. I guess that's important to note. And also, Oklahoma State is horrendous. But um, yeah, that would be very fitting for Oklahoma State to win that game. Honestly, I think if Kansas loses, they, I don't think they can come back from that. I think they're done in the Big Twelve. I don't think they can win the Big Twelve. So, Boynton would take Which some will satisfaction be crazy. in that. Yeah. <laughs> well, that'll be interesting to watch. Hopefully we get some walk-on action on Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> always, always some walk-on action. Yes. Okay, we will talk next week. Hopefully there'll be some uh, recruiting news. If not, we will create our own. Ragu, thanks for uh, joining, and we'll talk to you next week. All right, see you, man. Okay, see ya.